you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here on a uh, a busy show today. We've got uh, fun guests coming up here, Buck, and we've got a lot of football to talk about. A lot of football. We're bringing in Cleveland's own Chris Rose to talk about the Browns and all the things that are popping in Cleveland. They have to be excited about what Baker Mayfield has been able to do there. Then we're going to take a look at the preview of all the NFL games, and we also will look at this great college football slate ahead of us this weekend. Yeah, championship games, uh, great weekend of college football. I do want to say one thing off the top here. There was somebody on Twitter that was a Buffalo Bills fan, Buck. I don't man, know if you saw on, this. Man, I saw that Complaining too. that we don't talk about the Buffalo Bills. I'm like, we talked about the Buffalo Bills on Monday. Talk and we're going to talk more, about them more, again more, today. More, more so I, I do not accept. I do not accept that criticism. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. All right. We're going to also uh, talk to Rose about uh, Kyler Murray and his situation. Chris Rose. Um, you know, has his uh, baseball show Intentional Talk. He lives in the baseball world as well as does all his work here for NFL Network. So um, he has uh, some unique insight and some information, I think, uh, that's not uh, public. I would say not everybody knows about it. Uh, he's yeah. got some insight on that situation. So I uh, look forward to that chat in a little bit. But let's start off. Uh, let's start off with these NFL games. Let's get rolling. Let's do it. Ravens at Falcons. Earn the job. Earn the job. That is what's going on. That's what I'm looking at in this one. Lamar Jackson's got a couple wins, Buck. I think if he gets a win this week on the road at the Falcons, I think they ride with him through the remainder of the season. I think it's his job. He can earn it this week. Yeah, I think he should earn it. I think he should be the guy. I think they play differently, obviously, when he's under center. Running game has been phenomenal. Gus Edwards has gone over 100 yards back-to-back games. For the Atlanta Falcons, it's trying to figure out who they are and what they are. Uh, This is a team that was really – uh, wrecked with injuries, particularly on the defense side of the ball. On offense, it's about Steve Sarkeesian finding a way to continue to get Matt Ryan playing well. They're playing at home. This should mean a more explosive game for the offense. But Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, their running game, they have to get on track. They need to make the play, make the Ravens play from behind. Panthers at Buccaneers. Well, this could be a shootout with the Bucks' offense being explosive and the Panthers, you saw what Christian McCaffrey did last week, seeing D.J. Moore come along. I think Cam Newton's playing at a high level even though they lost that game to the Seahawks. Could be a shootout, but I would say that the key for the Panthers in this one, their secondary's got to make plays on the football. They, when you watch that game, they're in great position, just could not locate and play the ball. That's going to be key in this one. Yeah, it is going to be key because I think for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, every week is an audition for Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is trying to audition for ownership in, in Tampa to let them know that he is the franchise quarterback. And so we've seen the last couple of weeks a more disciplined and detailed Jameis Winston, someone who has played better in terms of taking care of the ball. I think he has to be in attack mode against the Panthers. He continues to put up big numbers. I think he can kind of lock himself in to be in their QB1 next season. Bears at Giants. Well, I think this Bears front will be able to get after the Giants uh, in the passing game. They're going to get some pressure on Eli Manning. I don't think Eli Manning's going to be able to get away from it. But uh, what I'll be focusing on here is Chase Daniel. Could get another shot here with Mitchell Trubisky's 
injury to get out there and just play an efficient brand of football. No turnovers, no short fields. Uh, Chase Daniel kind of proven that even though he hasn't played a lot throughout his career, uh, showing he's capable as a backup in a small stretch of games. Uh, see if he can do it again in this one. Protect the football, punch your friend uh, when you look at this matchup. Yeah, I think this is a boys to men game for Eli Manning, meaning it's so hard to say goodbye. <laughs> into the, the road, going into the road. Are going, are going to say goodbye to Eli Manning at the end of this season. I think this is the farewell tour. So let's enjoy him. Let's hope that he can make a couple plays because I think this is it for Eli in the Meadowlands. Not Motown Philly, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Bills at Dolphins. This is going to be a battle of big plays because when you look at these offenses, they kind of rely on them. And the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen in there, he can give you a big play with his arm off play action, uh, chucking the ball deep down the field with home run throws, or you can also take off and run. Shoot, it should have had 100 yards last week uh, rushing the football. So to me, whoever has more big plays in this game is going to win. I don't think Josh Allen's going to go out there and complete 25 to – 30 balls, but he can do a lot of damage on a handful of completions when they're getting vertical, especially with Foster down the field. You know, the Miami Dolphins are still in the playoff hunt. They have to find a way to get a win. This is a huge game for them. Ryan Tannehill was back last week. I think he will play better this week. Adam Gase has to figure out a way to get this team charged up and motivated to play against what I think is a very gritty and resilient Buffalo Bills team. This is one where the Miami Dolphins' toughness has to show through. Colts at Jaguars. Remember the movie Twins, Buck, with yep. uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger now? Famously, the, the movie was about two guys who look nothing alike, and uh, there you go with twins. This game is about twins that look and play alike, and it was a comparison we both made in the run-up to the draft. Darius Leonard and Telvin Smith, two slender linebackers that all they do is collect tackles and make plays. I look forward to seeing which one of these guys is going to be the difference maker. Darius Leonard, the rookie, Telvin Smith, the veteran. Same same frame, same game. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's the Cody Kessler show. Excited to see what Cody Kessler does. Like, they blint, they bench Blake Bortles. They put Cody Kessler in the deal. Doug Marone is going to be more prominent in terms of taking over the play calling. Scott Milanovic is serving as the offensive coordinator. So this is an opportunity for the Jacksonville Jaguars to just have a, key, a clean slate and try and finish the season the right way. Just note. Everyone is under evaluation. A lot of pressure on everyone in the organization. I think if they're going to get it right and just kind of finish strong, it starts with Cody Kessler and the running game. How they perform will ultimately determine whether they win or lose. Browns at Texans. In or out, that's what this game is about. It's the pass pro for the Cleveland Browns trying to block the Texans. You want to keep everybody in, you want to get everybody out. We've seen this team go empty a little bit last week. I think that might be the direction they go, try and get everybody out in the route, and Baker Mayfield, get that ball out of your hands quick. That's going to be a key for this Browns offense to avoid negative plays, avoid turnovers. For the Houston Texans, it's about continuing to lean on the running game. The last six games, Deshaun Watson has passed it 25 or fewer, and it's really helped this offense become a little more efficient, a little more balanced. They've avoided some of the negative plays that were coming with all the sacks that really hurt them early in the year. So Lamar Miller, Alfred Blue, those guys have to get established on the ground. When they run the football, they're able to impose their will. We've seen them reel off seven, eight straight wins. Let's continue to see them lean on the run game and watch that defense. That front four is awesome with J.J. Watt leading the way. Broncos at Bengals. I'm going to get a chance to see Jeff Driscoll, the Jeff Driscoll show here for the Cincinnati Bengals. Pass rush is what I'm looking at again from this Broncos group. We talk about it almost every week. But in this game, it's not only getting home to Driscoll. Got someone with not a lot of experience back there, and the Broncos are good when they get home uh, poking the ball out. I, I look for Von Miller. Von Miller will get a sack force fumble in this game. You can bank on it. The Bengals, they have to find a way to get a win. You're playing an inexperienced quarterback in Jeff Driscoll. Uh, you just don't know what you can do defensively to get back on track. This is a team that had high hopes to start the year, but now they're really, really struggling. I think for Marvin Lewis, he has to figure out a way to kind of turn it around. They just got to start playing better. And I think it starts with the discipline, the discipline and detail on defense. If they can just be a little more precise, a little more disciplined, I think they can force Case Keenum into the turnovers. The Broncos are winning despite not having a great offense. I think the Bengals' defense has to turn up the heat and make Case Keenum have to make plays from the pocket. Rams at Lions. This is about Josh Reynolds moving up the Reynolds rankings. Right now he's looking up at Ryan Reynolds. He also has Harold Reynolds ahead of him. 
Uh, but with the way he played when he got an opportunity to that Cooper Cup injury, I see, look, right, he's going to kind of move up here. I'm going to see Josh Reynolds climb up the Reynolds rankings in this game, Buck. Hey, he stepped in and really done a great job for Cooper Cup. Don't forget Kevin Mick Reynolds either. <laughs> this is slightly, slightly different. I mean, slightly different. <laughs> uh, Josh Reynolds has been terrific stepping up for Cooper Cup. This is a team that lives in 11 personnel. One back, one tight end, three wide receivers is really a problematic formation to deal with because you have to deal with Todd Gurley. For the Detroit Lions, they have to be able to stop the run. They've been better since Snacks Harrison has come over. He has given them the ability to kind of contain everything on the inside, but they're going to need their defense to play at a high level. And what I'm really concerned about is Matthew Stafford appears to be regressing. He and Jim Bob Cuda, for whatever reason, this offense doesn't look like it should. They have to find out what their identity is. And without a consistent running game, it falls on Matthew Stafford's shoulders. He has to be terrific at the pocket. If not, they don't have any chance to win this game. Cardinals at Packers. Boop, 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 boop. I just want to see a pulse. Can I just see a pulse from the Cardinals? That's all I'm asking for here, Buck. Just show me a little life, a little energy. Our good buddy John Gordon talks about having players that bring energy to a team. When things are down, when you're struggling, you need some energy givers, not energy vampires. And this team, haven't seen them up close and personal last week. These Arizona Cardinals look lifeless, Buck. Somebody has got to provide a spark. It has to be a big hit. It has to be a big play. Something early in this game. Get some energy. Get some life in this uh, this Cardinals team. Uh, for the Green Bay Packers, it's, it's time to get hot. It's time to get rolling. Aaron Rodgers has talked about reeling off four and five straight wins. Well, the only way you can do that, you got to get one. And this is the perfect team to come in to get your first win. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have been struggling on both sides of the ball. Aaron Rodgers needs to find his rhythm. Has to work with the young receivers to get them on par. I think they get their win. I think they start a hot streak. Chiefs at Raiders. The sack record might get broken in this game, Buck, because the Chiefs are going to put up a ton of points early in this game. It's going to put the Raiders in chase mode. The Raiders' offensive line, let me just sum it up for you, terrible. Okay, they're <laughs> terrible. And the Chiefs have some pass rushers. So I'm just saying, I know that Derek Thomas had that huge day. Uh, how many did he end up getting? What, seven sacks yep. way back in the day? Yep. Ridiculous. Now, were you there on that team, by the way? I was at a game against the Raiders where he had seven sacks. He was unbelievable. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So, so to me, that record's probably going to be safe. But th- this, as a collective group, they, they might get in double digits in this game. That, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be a sack attack. Hey, if you're the Oakland Raiders, just play out the string. You won the number one pick. Just do enough to make the fans just get through four happy. quarters. Just get, get through get four quarters. Get through. Try not to have any catastrophic injuries or anything like that. I just think this is a team that is very, very disappointing. It's disappointing in Gruden's first year. Uh, on a serious note, you want to try and find something. You want to try and find something that you can hang your hat on offensively and identity. Derek Carr has completed a lot of passes, but he hasn't had a lot of gains, hasn't had a lot of impact plays. Maybe this is the week they can have some impact plays because the Chiefs' secondary isn't very good. I just don't know who he targets the ball to down the field. Jets at Titans. Uh, to me, this is about uh, who's a part of the future for this Jets franchise. You know, this is a young team. Um, trying to find some building block pieces. We've talked about some of the guys on the defensive side of the ball that are definitely going to be a part of that future. Leonard Williams, Jamal Adams, uh, that's two pretty darn good ones to start with there. Darren Lee, uh, you know, Avery Williams, and they've got some good players on that side of the ball. Who's going to be a part of this offensive nucleus? You know, I don't know if we're going to see Sam Donald at the time we're recording this uh, this podcast. I'd love to see him get back out there, but who is going to be a part of this group offensively going forward? In these last handful of games, we're going to find out. Yeah, and I mean, for the Tennessee Titans, they got to get back on track. Um, Marcus Mariota like had a phenomenal game on paper, but he didn't really impact the game the way that you expect a franchise quarterback to do so. If the Tennessee Titans are going to get back in playoff contention, he has to be the guy that kind of sparks the offense. Look for Matt LaFleur to put him in his comfort zone. I think Marcus Mariota has a big game against a team that is right for the picking. Oh, and he's not hot. 49ers at Seahawks. I talked about guys are going to be a part of that Jets team moving forward. This 49er team, a couple guys I'm excited about uh, them going into the future. Guys, they're going to be you know key pieces in their uh, in their foundation here. Matt Breida, you know, being given the opportunity uh, after the injury to Jarek McKinnon, has stepped up in a big way. He's averaging almost six yards a carry, uh, Buck. I mean, he's been he's been outstanding. Uh, 738 yards rushing right now. And then George Kittle, who's been one of the best young tight ends in the NFL. Uh, he's having a great year. He's already got 56 grabs. So those two young guys, I'm just looking for teams that aren't doing well, that aren't going to be in the postseason. Who's a part of the future? 
uh, they do have some intriguing young pieces there with the Niners. Yeah, they have some intriguing young pieces. Um, and I think you can say the same for the Seattle Seahawks. This is a team that was supposed to be in rebuild mode, but it looks like they're reloading for another playoff run. The running game has been terrific. Russell Wilson has proven to be a franchise quarterback worthy of being able to get them to the winner's circle when he has that opportunity. But it's the young defense that you have to be excited about. I think this is a game where you're just trying to get all these young guys to understand take care of business. This is a game where the Seattle Seahawks should show up. They should take care of what they need to take care of and walk out the stadium with another win. Vikings at Patriots. Last week we saw the Minnesota Vikings uh, beat a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. They did it by primarily rushing four guys. Play coverage, rush four. It worked because that front four dominated. They were able to get home and generate a lot of pressure. I think you see that same game plan in this one. Working against the New England Patriots, I don't know you need to blitz Tom Brady. I think you can rush for, play coverage, uh, and try and control Rob Gronkowski. That'll be the key. It, it continues for the Patriots to be a game where they lean on the running game. Sonny Michelle, when he's available, the running game is the difference. It really balances out the offense, makes life a lot easier for Tom Brady. Gained 100 yards in his last appearance. Sonny Michelle coming back. I think it's about the running game. Look for this to be a physical game from the Patriots where they set up Big plays in the passing game, off play action. Chargers at Steelers. To me, interior offensive line for the Chargers is going to be huge. A lot of people are going to talk about Melvin Gordon not playing in this game uh, due to the injury. I think Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, they'll be okay. Uh, to me, it's going to come down, can they block these interior defensive linemen for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who can be so disruptive. Cam Hayward is outstanding. Javon Hargrave is outstanding. Dan Feeney is who I'll have my eyes on in this one. I think Pouncey will hold up fine. Schofield's done well. Uh, but Feeney's been a little bit uneven this year, so this is going to be a big challenge for him, and uh, they need to work together because they'll run some twists and games inside. Got to communicate, got to play well up front in the interior if they're going to go on the road and beat the Steelers. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's about who is going to be the third playmaker. We know about Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown, but the Steelers need a third playmaker to emerge. Early in the season, that player was James Conner. Of late, it's been Vance McDonald, Ryan Switzer. Regardless of who steps up, they need someone else to help Juju and A.B. get it done. Let's see how it plays out this weekend. Redskins at Eagles. For the Redskins, got to be a dominant performance by their defensive line and their defensive front. Now, the good news is the Eagles cannot start a football game offensively. I think they've scored. There's only there's been only two games I believe where they've scored in the first quarter. They are a notoriously slow starting team, and this Redskins team, I know about the injuries they've had, but defensively up front of the defensive line, it is a really good group that can get after the quarterback. So if they can build a lead, Eagles start off slow. You build a lead, let your defensive line take over this football game. That's their formula. For the Philadelphia Eagles, it's being committed to the running game. When they're committed to the run game, it takes some of the pressure off Carson Wentz. And then on defense, it's about continuing to keep it simple. They simplify things in the second half with all those new pieces that they have in the back end. It really worked out well. Let's see if they can just focus on out-executing the Washington Redskins as opposed to trying to trick them with a bunch of exotic schemes. Yeah, no doubt. Look, this is a uh, this is a great slate of games. Can't wait for this weekend. But, you know, Buck, we've approached the halfway point of the 2019 Pro Bowl vote. Who are your standout players this season? Which NFL stars do you want to see at this year's Pro Bowl? Make sure your favorite players get their spot on the AFC and NFC rosters. Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote or by using hashtag Pro Bowl vote and including the first and last name of the player, the official Twitter handle of the player, or a hashtag including the player's first and last name. All right, Buck, excited to bring in our next guest. We have him on at least once a year. We need to do it more often, but everybody that's listening will recognize the voice. They'll recognize the voice from Intentional Talk. He's got a very popular baseball show that he's on with Kevin Millar, Daily Show. He's also, you'll see him all over NFL Network throughout the year on all sorts of big-time programming. But most importantly, uh, he's the host of my kid's favorite show, BattleBots, and that is that is yeah. Cleveland Browns superfan Chris Rose. What's up, Roser? It's all good, guys. I mean, the nice thing is, is that we actually have something to talk about with the Browns this year. I mean, good, bad, you know, we're rising up the charts. We got a mouthy quarterback. We got a little bit of everything. 
<laughs> I'm excited for you, man, because normally this time of year we're like, all right, well, the Browns are going to have this many draft picks. All right, which direction do you think they should go in? Instead of talking about future draft picks, we can actually talk about some of the draft picks you've already got that have got Browns fans fired up. So just give me your you know, your take, and not just as a, as a Browns fan. You cover this in the media and you follow this uh, all these teams, but just your your early impressions from what you've seen from your young quarterback. I mean, he's he's changed the city. I mean, I haven't lived there in a long, long time, but I still have family there. And he has he's changed the city when we needed somebody to gravitate to. I mean, we lost the best athlete that's ever played there in LeBron James, with all due respect to Jim Brown. Um, and we have somebody to gravitate toward. We haven't had that. I mean, for 20-plus years. I mean, really, it's been like 30 years since Bernie was any good that this team has been searching for a quarterback. I mean, think about that. You know, I've got two boys that are 18 and 13. And when I'm at work, you know, with you guys every Sunday, the older one, Josh, has texted me over the last few years. He's like, he watched the first half of the Browns game, and he texted me, he's like, I can't watch this crap anymore. He's like, I need a new team. And then he'd go back to his old ways because his old man has kind of forced him into loving Cleveland teams through DNA. And this year, it's been nothing but joy, you know, over the last two months since Baker's taken over. Um, they still have a long way to go. But, man, I, I, tell, I tell my kids all the time, because I grew up in the 80s when the Browns made the playoffs five times and were on the cusp of making the Super Bowl three times. And I was like, I wish you guys could understand what it's like to be a Browns fan and wake up on Monday morning and be so excited for next Sunday. Like, that's what my childhood was like. And these kids are like, yeah, the Browns suck. I can't watch them. <laughs> and now they're finally good. And so he has made a monumental shift in this. You know, Baker, uh, you kind of alluded, Chris, you kind of alluded to Baker kind of being tied to the fabric of the city. What is it about Baker Mayfield that really ingratiates him to the people of Cleveland? Great word. You like that? Well, part of the deal is, is that, and I, I say this a lot about my, my hometown, which I still love. We have small city syndrome. So we always think somebody's out to get us. And I think that Baker feels the same way. Somebody's always out to get him. And I think that's why his comments kind of exploded nationally the way they did over the last several days. And he can't let things go. And I think that that's a benefit to him. I, I'm hoping it's not a detriment to him. But I think it really mirrors the city that it's just we've been beaten up on so many times and passed over so many times that the way he, he is, the fabric of who he is really resonates with that city. I think it's interesting. I, I said on TV the other day, Rose, because we were, we were debating this and, and Silver was on there and talking about that whole situation after the game with the with Hugh Jackson and all that. And um, I just said, look, having spent some time in this organization, you've been following it forever there's just been kind of this woe is me mentality of like, oh, something's going wrong. Here we go again. You, you mentioned it, just kind of like everybody's out to get us. Um, it, it's just kind of a defeatist mentality to some degree. And I said Baker has transformed that from woe is me to really kind of, a, to put it, you know, in clean words, just kind of a screw you uh, philosophy of just, you know, it's, it's, it's a cocky, it's an arrogance. Uh, there's obviously some immaturity in there as well. But I think the difference between – the immaturity of a Baker Mayfield versus the immaturity of someone like Johnny Manziel is that Baker Mayfield is ultra competitive. He's putting in the work. Mm -hmm. He's passionate about football. Football is number one for him. Um, but he does have some of that immaturity, some of that cockiness. And I think it might just be perfect for what this Cleveland Browns team, and, and you even mentioned even what the city needed, is just kind of like that, you know, hey, we are somebody here. Let me break this down for you pretty simply, I think. First of all, with the comments, and I want to get to that, he was wrong with what he said about Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson can go, when you're fired, you can go search no for No question. Employment. Okay, you can. Now, I thought it was a little strange. I can't remember the last time a head coach went to a different team during the season. Josh, just, Josh, McDaniel, Josh McDaniels did it. Um, Broncos to back. Patriots. Yeah, he went from the Broncos but, to the Patriots. But not inside the division. And it's, but it's weird. So that's like one time in the last 20 years. It just doesn't happen very often. But he's allowed to go do it. That's fine. Um, for people, 
I thought Damian Woody was way off base being critical of Baker Mayfield, calling him a hypocrite. We cannot, we've never put grown men who are 53 years old, who have been head coaches of two different franchises in the same boat of a kid that lost a scholarship that's 20 years old trying to find his way in college. It's not the same. I'm sorry. It's not. So let's put that off to the side. He then yesterday had to answer questions about it again uh, because he went at it with Woody on uh, social media. And if there was one thing I could implore Baker Mayfield to do, it's not get in a, in a war with a bunch <laughs> of guys that are over 40 years old. It's because most people over 40, and I fall in that category, and um, so do you. We most all do here. say, hey, Baker, yeah, take the high road. You don't have to say anything about Hugh Jackson. Shake his hand and move on and make it about the Browns demolishing the Bengals on the field. That's probably how most of us over 40 feel. A lot of people under 30 – and that's almost everybody in the Browns locker room are like, that away. And that's why Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, is so popular in locker rooms. Because he feels like, they feel like he's one of them. He's not a quarterback that's putting himself up on a pedestal and all that. Uh, and then the people that are 30 to 40 are probably caught in between somewhere and trying to make up their minds. Now, it's not everybody. Not everybody over 40 can't stand what Baker did. And not everybody under 30 loves it. But I think that's why he's so popular you know, in the locker room is that he doesn't give a damn. You know, in, in thinking about that, um, I wonder because a lot of the conversation has been on Baker, but I think the team has really, really changed since Greg Williams has taken over. When you look mm -hmm. at Greg Williams and you look at his brashness, his uh, demeanor, how, I mean, he doesn't mind saying a lot and he kind of falls in lockstep with Baker Mayfield. When you think of him as your head coach, could you see this as a long-term solution to what has been a problem for the Browns for a long time? I, I am always of the uh, firm belief that if you don't have a, the quarterback and the coach that you feel like can win the Super Bowl, that you got to find the next guy, right? I mean, I personally don't think he's a Super Bowl winning coach. I think he's brought a lot of things that the Browns needed. Uh, the number of flags that were thrown on them in the first seven or eight games this year was an atrocity. And when you're playing that many close games, that could be the difference between winning and losing. I mean, listen, at 4-6-1, and one, Browns fans are so excited because it says we're listed in in the hunt. Others. You're in the others. You've made others. We're five in the hunt. We're in the hunt. <laughs> it's almost December and it says we're in the hunt. That's good. So – there's a danger of falling in love with the guy who's getting you there. But boy, unless he just runs the table and they somehow make the playoffs, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't feel it. No, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he will be that guy. The interesting thing will be uh, with, with Freddie Kitchens can keep the quarterback progressing and playing at the level he's been playing at. I think he could be a part of the plan going forward with whoever the next head coach would be. Uh, I think that would probably be more likely uh, than Greg Williams holding on to this gig. But I think we're going to find out a lot about this Browns team. Uh, I think we're going to find out a lot about them over the next couple weeks here because, uh, look, they beat the Falcons, they beat the Bengals. Uh, we'll see how they do on the road against the Texans. Now, that, now they, uh, they go get that one and end the Texans' winning streak. Then I think, you know, okay, we've got something going here. Well. And then you follow that up with Panthers and then on the road at Broncos. Uh, we'll have a chance over these next three weeks. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and by the way, uh, with the whole Baker Mayfield thing, here's what the narrative's going to be on Monday if they lose, as expected, against yeah. a team that hasn't lost a game in two months. See, Baker should have kept his mouth shut. See what? Yeah. One's not going to have to do with the other. Yeah. It is silly, but it's this is this is the low hanging fruit world of sports media that we live in. You know, I mean, there's executives that love what Damian Woody did because guess what? He went out. He had an opinion. That's what people love. It's clickbait. You got a reaction from a player. That's like the networks it, love that. Exactly. And that's all they care about. So what we as fans have to do is wade past the BS and look at the reason things happen in a game. It's not because of what Baker Mayfield said about Hugh Jackson. Whatever. That's between them. It's, it doesn't matter anymore. It'll matter when the Bengals come to town, perhaps. But not this week against the Houston Texans. That's ridiculous. I want to get one more in. I'll get Buck get back in here. But I was just thinking about this as we switch gears here for a second. I don't know if anybody's 
uh, maybe more uniquely qualified to answer this question than you, Roser, because your favorite team you follow forever, the Browns, have a quarterback from Oklahoma. You work in the NFL. You work in Major League Baseball. Now the current Oklahoma quarterback is Kyler Murray, who's been drafted in the top ten by the Oakland A's in the baseball draft, but he's a Heisman, going to be a Heisman finalist here, probably going to finish as a runner-up uh, to Tua Tonga-Vailoa from Alabama in that race. But now he's got a decision to make going forward, and I know we had some comments the other day that said that still was the plan to go play for the Oakland A's. Just your overall impression of that situation, and what what should he do? Well, okay, so I did a little research yesterday, and I called one of my baseball insiders, and I said, does Murray have anything in his contract which precludes him from attending the combine? And they said no. But... He will not attend the combine is what I'm told. And that whenever Oklahoma's done, if it's after the bowl game, I can't imagine he would play in the bowl game. If it's after Alabama smacks him around in the first round of the playoff. Yeah. I mean, right. Whenever it is that he's done with football, that's what I'm being told. Now he's already received his $4.66 million signing bonus. Um, You know, you guys know where he fits in the draft landscape, but I can't imagine that if he were to get drafted, he would fall past day two, right? No question. I mean, he's going to okay. go. I mean, he there there is there is a there is legitimate interest and buzz about him and curiosity to see if he does pursue football from football people. Put it that way. Yeah. Now here's the other thing. It's hard to hit a baseball. It might be the toughest thing to do in in all of sports. And the one weakness he's got is his swing. I mean, it's the one thing that scouts don't love about him. They love the makeup of the kid. They love his speed. They think he could be what they call a plus-plus defender in the outfield, which means that you're gold-glove caliber. They feel like if he can hit, that he could steal 40 to 50 bags a year. And that's a that's a, a part of the sport which has kind of died. But, you know, for teams that can run, it makes a big difference. The Boston Red Sox, who won the World Series, a lot of people think they're just a matching team. No, they – they were up there in stolen bases as well. So it can make a huge difference. Um, and with the A's moving forward, they just came out with a new project for the, a new baseball home that they want to open in 2023. Look that beautiful. would be probably right around the time where Kyler Murray's a, you know, a pup out there in the outfield. You know, that's what they're dreaming about. But if I were him, I'd take a look at it. <laughs> I, I really would. I, I would take a look at it. I, I don't know what the harm is for him. You know, and, and, and tapping into your experience in baseball, have we ever seen anybody – I mean, I know Dion did it. Have we ever seen anyone try and consider doing both? I know Russell Wilson has gone back and forth and kind of – Drew Henson, baby. Like done some of it. But have we ever seen anybody legitimately <laughs> try to be a true two-sport athlete at the highest level? Well, I mean, Dion did it for eight years where he played at least parts of both. Uh, Bo did it for four. So, you know, those are the biggest. But people forget about Brian Jordan, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Falcon safety. He was a damn good baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves. He was really, really good. And he's a guy that that we kind of just cast off to the side. I mean, can it be done? Yeah, but Dion will be the first one to tell you. Baseball's hard, man. They're both Mm -hmm. extremely hard. But if you can't dedicate to your craft every day where you're hitting, I mean, guys take 10 days off now in the baseball season before they're back in the cages or they're back on the pitching mound working on stuff. I mean, there's there's literally no off season. Um, and that's what makes you the best you can be in the, in in that particular sport. And, and football, it's the same sort of way. But I would be shocked if he tried to do both. Shocked. That's interesting. Pleasantly it's interesting. Shocked. There, there's been a lot of guys that have done – you know, played both in college or whatever, then gone on uh, to, to pursue baseball. And then after four or five years where they can't figure it out, then they end up trying to come back. I think Chad Hutchinson is one, right? Drew Henson is, is another yep. one. Um, there have been several of those. Uh, well, I mean, Ricky, Ricky famously uh, try, tried to do both for a little bit there, Ricky Williams. Uh, but yep. it, hasn't, it, hasn't, uh, it hasn't been something we've seen doing both at the same time. Samarjo was a guy I gave a second-round grade to coming out of Notre Dame, and he made the decision, probably uh, a very smart decision based on his career earnings to jump over into baseball. But, man, I, I would love to see that. We need our next Dion, our next Bo Jackson. We, we need one of yeah, those we guys. Do. No, we do. And, hey, by the way, don't forget about a few others. Chris Winkie. 
Oh, about, yes. How about going the other way? Because usually people give up baseball first and go back to football. Yeah. How about Tim Tebow? I mean, no I joke. Know. I forget that one. To yeah. me, one of the most shocking baseball stories over the last 18 months has been the fact that Tim Tebow is still riding buses 10 hours <laughs> to a minor league game. I, I How did he do last year, like, Rose? How did he do? Fascinated by, you know, he actually was playing okay. Um, people look at the batting average, and for people that aren't huge baseball fans, batting average has kind of dipped in terms of the statistical importance among baseball people. So there's a stat called OPS, which is your uh, slugging percentage plus your on-base percentage. So it's the amount mm -hmm. of times that you're on base, and you add that to the amount of damage you do, like doubles, triples, homers. And he did okay in those categories. So, uh, And the interesting part of the equation is that his former agent at CAA, a guy named Brody Van Wagenen, just yeah. got named the Mets GM. So, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Listen, if the Mets are out of it in 2019 in September and Tim Tebow is still playing and he's healthy, unlike the end of last year, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get called up to the major leagues. Just saying. By the way, by, by the way, you mentioned this. I'm going to I'm going to quiz you right now. Your baseball knowledge. Um, I want to see. Can you tell me in OPS, which you just said is the most important stat in, in baseball here? Who were the top three guys in OPS in Major League Baseball last year? Look at okay, that. So Rose on Mookie the spot Betts. here. Mookie Betts is is number two. So you've got your that's one. Trout. Trout's number one. Rose, you're impressive right now. If you get number three, this is a clean sweep. All right. Uh you just have to help me out with one thing. Give me what American, American League International. American League. Just give me the number. Just give me the number. Uh, okay, his OPS was – he's number three on the list, 1,031. Okay, 1,031. He had a 6.4 war, which I'm still got to figure that out, Buck. We've got i got to figure out how we can do war yeah, with okay, the NFL. Yeah, okay, so that's not J.D. Martinez. It is J.D. Uh, Martinez. Is it? Yes. Okay, the war threw me off a little bit. How about that? <laughs> so I just think it's interesting because sometimes we say in football, like, what stats matter, what don't matter. But when we say – you say OPS to me is the most important number and, and being kind of a casual baseball fan, and everybody on planet Earth says Mike Trout is the best player in baseball, it, ma it marries up with uh, what you're saying there. I just want to give you a little pat on the back. He is. By the way, I want to make, just make this one comment. I say it all the time on my baseball show. Baseball is the one sport where the best player – doesn't always end up in the postseason. I mean, and it frustrates the hell out of me. Mike Trout has played three playoff games in his career. Oof. Three. And that's one playoff series against the he Royals. He had 39 home runs and only gets 79 RBI. Can somebody get on base for this guy? Gee, man, Christmas. Yeah, please <laughs> help him out. All right, let's get back to football. Buck, what do you got? No, I mean, I think I think it's fascinating. I think I think the one thing that I would quiz you on as a Cleveland Browns fan. How nervous are you about the team falling apart down the stretch? Like, Nanich, you're excited. <laughs> oh, no. that, like, that's Nanich, the woe is me thing I yeah, was talking like, about. Like, Nanich, you're excited. Nanich, you're gassed up. Nanich, they're in the You asked hunt. for it. You asked for it, Rose. Do you believe they can finish? No, I, I don't believe that they'll make the playoff. But I want to see that. I still want to – all I'm craving, Bucky, I want to see them on the graphic, the in the hunt. I just want – and when their name drops off, that might be a little bit of a uh, – soul deflator just momentarily <laughs> but this has been such a rewarding season and i know that there's probably a lot of people listening saying god you are what a loser like your team could end up winning five games and you're like what a rewarding season but when you understand from where one in 31 come, dude it's amazing because the browns are like one of the probably top eight teams to watch in the nfl now they really are on a weekly basis. I bet you jersey sales, Baker Mayfield's probably in the top three or four in the league right now, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I brought this up. I did. I filled in for Carissa Thompson the other week on, on Game Day Prime. And I asked the guys if the Browns coaching job will be the most attractive in the offseason out of all the possible gigs that are going to be up. Where do you guys yeah, think yeah, it I, 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 I think it would. I, I definitely think it would. I, I also think 
you know, look, I, I had, and we've talked about this all in the run-up to the draft, Baker Mayfield has been clearly the best quarterback. I still believe in Sam Darnold. I think mm-hmm. when you look at the Jets with some of the defensive you pieces do. they have with the quarterback, they both those organizations have tons of money. Um, and then I look at the makeup of that division with Tom Brady getting towards the end. I think both those jobs, I would say 1A, 1B, I think both those are uh, are going to be really intriguing jobs. The Jets are going to have a high pick as well. So uh, I think it's it's rare you see job openings with young, talented quarterbacks, and there's going to be a couple of them. Right. Yeah, I think the Cleveland job could be tricky just because we have seen the success that he's had with Freddie Kitchens. If you hire an offensive-minded coach who is used to being a play caller, what does that mean for Freddie Kitchens? What does that mean for Baker Mayfield? More importantly, what does that mean for John Dorsey when it comes to trying to make sure that his quarterback is protected? Can they go that mm-hmm. route and build upon what he's been able to do this season, or are they better served to find another coach who isn't necessarily an offensive mind to allow the quarterback to grow? I think it's all good questions, but I'll tell you this, man. With John Dorsey there, I know he's got he's – Rose, what did I tell hey, – what did I tell? What did I tell you before they hired him? You were on it. You were all. You were on it, and I was. Th- it was like I was taking it from your brain and putting it through my mouth on Cleveland radio. I was just <laughs> all over. I kept saying, I, but I was giving you credit. I was like, <laughs> I keep talking to one of my guys at NFL Network, and everybody said, "Go get John Dorsey," and he is just. He's made a huge difference. I mean, look at the number of guys just in this draft alone. You know, there's four guys that have made huge impacts. Mayfield, Callaway's Denzel Ward. We all looked at each other mm-hmm. when they took Denzel Ward, and we were like, with Bradley Chubb still on the board. Now, Bradley Chubb's been great, He's too. He's been awesome, too. But Denzel Ward's been phenomenal. You know, yeah. Nick Chubb and uh, Jannard Avery, who was their fifth rounder they picked from Memphis, has been really good. All right, Callaway, Callaway looked pretty good last week, too. So they've uh... – They've had some yep. young players that are that are really exciting. He's he's the best. I, I've said it. We've said it on this podcast before. I, I I don't know that there's a better evaluator than John Dorsey. We've talked about it for a long time. Buck's known him forever, um, and he's he's proven it in draft number one. Now he's got to go back and back it up with another one, and I think he will. Hey, by the way, um, so Buck, if you've known him a long time, who has a more limited wardrobe, John Ooh. Dorsey or Bill Belichick? I think Dorsey's wardrobe is more limited. I believe it's the same sweatshirt every day. The only yeah. thing, the only time it changes is maybe on game day, but then as soon as the game is over, I think he finds the comfort of putting the sweatshirt back on. The only thing about Dorsey, I'll say, though, sweatshirt stays the same. I don't know this to be true, but there is a rumor that it's also the same piece of gum. He just takes it out, puts it behind his ear, <laughs> and then brings it back the next day. 25 years, one one stick of gum. That's my that's my theory. I'm sticking See, to it. Wait, wait, he's not like we were in school. He didn't stick it under the table, under the desk, <laughs> and keep it there. Oh, that's so nasty. Hey, Roser, we we uh, we appreciate your time, dude. This is uh, something we'll do again as we get towards a draft. Uh, it's just fun to talk Cleveland Browns football for what they're doing on the field oh. and not just what we're talking about here in the off season. I All right, be good, it. Bucky. By the way. Great job this year with Notre Dame football. My oldest son goes to Notre Dame, which is uh, out in the Valley. And I don't want to bring up the loss because I know it probably still stings. Uh, so close. Remarkable. So close. Yeah. We're so close. Wow, look at that, you guys. Notre Dame High School. There you go. Hey, Roser, we appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate your time. I'll, I'm going to hit you up uh, off air to find out what my Padres are going to do with these winter meetings. But that's another time, another story for another hey, day. Hey, man. Noah's – Noah Syndergaard in the mix. I know. The I'm mix. getting excited. Don't, don't do that to me. To San Diego. See, man. Oh, Buck, it's it's fun to catch up with our buddy there, Chris Rose. Just some uh, some fun conversation there. Normally, it's kind of a it's it can be depressing when you're talking Browns this time of year. Not so much uh, this year, even though the record is below 500. There's a lot to be excited about. You could uh, you could definitely hear it in his voice. You can hear the optimism and excitement in his voice. He has to be excited because his team is in the hunt. He talked about having small goals. Just seeing his team listed on the graphic for others in the hunt is a big one. But the Browns have taken steps in the right direction. They look like they're trending the right way with Baker Mayfield and even Greg Williams. All right, let's uh, let's jump into these college picks. By the way, uh, I'm in first place, Buck, and I don't plan on giving it up. I'm, I, I've I've ascended to the top of the mountain, and uh, I think that's where I think that's where this is going to end up here. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm very, confident. Very I'm confident. confident. Some of that Baker Mayfield confidence is rubbing off on me right I feel now. It. I feel it. I'm just hoping we're all picking the same games because if we all pick the same games, that means I get to hold on to my lead. Let's uh, let's find out here. Let's uh, start off with the SEC championship game, Alabama, Georgia, number one, number four. This is a two point special. Got to go, Bama, right, Buck? They're not going to lose this one. 
Well, I mean, shoot, everybody's going Bama. It's Bama, 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 Bama. I guess I might as well go Bama. We're going to go Bama? Everybody's going Bama. Bama. That means I'm safe on that one. We're all on the same boat. Oklahoma, Texas. Oklahoma, number five. Texas, 14. Texas already got him, Buck. What do you think here? I know. Texas already got him, but I'm, I'm looking at the sheet. Like, people aren't excited about are gonna, Texas Are you going to flip it? Are you going to no, flip it? I'm not, I'm not flipping it. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Sticking with I'm Oklahoma? Going, I'm going with OU all the way. Yeah, I, th I think Oklahoma gets their revenge, and it might be uh, in impressive fashion here. I think they're going to put some big points up on the board in this game. Ohio State, Northwestern. Man, this feels a lot like that year. Ohio State blew the doors off Wisconsin uh, to make a statement and uh, and get them into the Final Four. This feels very similar to that. I feel bad for Northwestern. They might be on the receiving end of that this week. Yeah, they may be on the receiving end of a brutal beatdown because this team appeared to hit a stride against the Michigan Wolverines. I think it continues this week in the Big Ten Championship game. This is unbelievable. We're picking the same teams. Clemson, Pitt. Man, it's a lopsided matchup. There's no way. This would be the upset of the, of the season if Pitt somehow pulled this off. I'm going Clemson. A couple years ago, Pitt beat Clemson down in Death Valley. I don't think this is it. I don't think they have the recipe, the necessary ingredients to get it done. I'm going with Clemson. Yeah, two years Peter in a row, by the way, Pitt has beat the number two team. They beat Miami last year, and they beat Clemson Yeah, that Miami team together. was a fraud, though, Kent. Well, they were still ranked that. two. Yeah, that's <laughs> but true. You're right. They that's a good point. They weren't Clemson. They showed the next week they weren't Clemson. No question. All right. Then we got uh, – so we're all picking the same teams here so far. Does it continue? Washington, Utah. Utah has just had so many injuries, Buck. I, I love their program. Uh, this one I'm a little bit tempted because I just believe so much in Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Whittingham does not lose big games very often. Uh, he's, his bowl record is outstanding. That's but good. I, I got to go Washington. No, I was, I'll say that's good. He can, <laughs> he can focus on getting his team ready for the bowl game because the Pac-12 championship is going to the Washington Huskies. I'm going with the Huskies. Yeah, we're all going Washington on that one. We have all picked – I've never seen anything like this. We've all picked the same team. All right, Memphis at UCF. UCF has not lost in two years, but they did lose their quarterback, a favorite of ours, Mackenzie Milton. Uh, Buck, I'm going Memphis. Who are you going? Uh, I'm going to go with Memphis as well. Um, the loss of Mackenzie Milton really, really hurts them. That UCF team is just different. It's just different without him on the field. But Kent – oh, Sully going Memphis. Kent is not. He's sticking with uh, the undefeated – Golden Knights here. UCF, huh? Yeah, the nice only team the only team in the state of Florida that is playing a championship weekend this year. I'm going to believe in this UCF team. Josh Heupel, the old Miami head coach, Randy Shannon as a D coordinator. I think they'll rise to the occasion. This Memphis team isn't as good as last year's team. There's no Anthony Miller on this squad. I think UCF will show. It's a home game for them. If this was neutral site, maybe you go Memphis, but it's in Orlando at Spectrum Stadium. I think UCF will find a way to stay undefeated. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be uh, look. I've I've rode with UCF time and time again. This is the one time I'm jumping off the bus. We'll see what happens here. All right, Fresno State at Boise State. Boise State already got them. I think they get them again. How about you, Buck? Yeah, back to back. Let's go Boise. Boise again. Yeah, I'm going Boise. Well, where's this game played, Kent? This game's in the blue field in Boise. Oh, come on. Are you guys, you and Sully are both going with Fresno on the road in this one? I watched. You guys didn't learn your lesson. I watched every second of that game last time. Fresno had a big lead and blew it. I think they'll bounce back. Their defense is a lot better than Boise, so I'll go with Jeff Tedford's Fresno State Bulldogs in the upset. Tedford's. There you go. All right, <laughs> Buffalo, Northern Illinois, a little action here. I'm going to be honest with you, Buck. I know Buffalo has a, uh, has a very talented quarterback. I do not know a whole lot about Northern Illinois. I have not watched a lot of the Huskies this uh, this fall. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I'm going to switch my pick. I had NIU on here. Switch. Oh, my gosh. Pick. I'm going Buffalo. Man, you're lucky this is in dominoes. Dominoes are domino laid as a domino played. <laughs> but all right, <laughs> no, so we're going, no, no. we're going, we're going to Bulls. Uh, Everybody's going Buffalo. So, I'm not so losing that one. Going, everyone's going Buffalo. I'm not giving away a point on a Mac, uh, the Maction uh, title game. All right, uh, App State against uh, Louisiana. It used to be formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. I think App's already beat them once this year. We'll see what happens with our coach, if, if Scott Satterfield's getting up at Louisville or not. Uh, I don't think they'll be distracted. I think App State wins. Oh, I'm going with App State. I'm going with the Mountaineers. Fuck, you don't even know. Uh, nothing, nothing on the screen here. Nothing. nothing. Oh. Oh, there we go. They wow. a nice little care package. Man. Shout out to the equipment staff. I know. I, uh, I've, at App State. I haven't even responded to all the stuff that I've got on Twitter about App State in North Carolina. We're just going to focus on oh, the task. Oh, did you get it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've already, I've already yeah. called my shot way early on that mm -hmm. one. Might regret focus that. On, I, focus on the task at hand. Yeah, how weird We're is it that the best teams in the state of North Carolina and Florida are App State and UCF right now? Unbelievable. Hey, look. It's, don't. Don't uh, don't think it's changing anytime soon. All right, Stanford at Cal. <laughs> Stanford at Cal, big game, right? Uh, yeah, it's Stanford a big game. has owned this forever. Bucky, you're going Stanford. That seems like an easy call, that right? That's an easy Sully, call for me. 
Sully's going Stanford, but me and Kent, there's a reason. There's a reason that we're at the top, Buck, because we smell an upset, and we just go ahead and throw it out there. Cow fighting Wilcox. They're getting it done. Stanford is going to be a five-loss team, I believe, for the second year in a row if they lose this game. How about that? I mean, I just think there's something I don't recognize the Stanford team. They can't run the ball. They don't play defense. No, nah, I think there's something to ownership, and I think Stanford believes that they own KL, much like the Ohio State Buckeyes own the Michigan Wolverines. You might be I right. think we see the similar thing. Uh, you might you might pick up a game there. I'm already regretting that pick. Kent, give me some confidence of why we're picking Cal here, would you? They have a much better defense. If you look at Cal, they've had the best defense in the Pac-12 this year, and that includes a Washington team that has a bunch of future first and second day NFL picks. And why is Wilcox not getting a little bit more love? What he's done there, he took over a team that couldn't defend anybody in these yeah, last two or three the years. Entire, entire yeah. makeup of that team. Yeah, they've played pretty well. I don't know why he's not maybe getting a few more looks at some of these open jobs. Yeah, interesting. We'll see if he can continue on uh, win there at Cal. All right, Buck, what's uh, what's in the notebook? Uh, we're talking about draft needs. Top ten, we're looking at the dr- top draft needs of all the teams that are currently listed in the top ten. It's interesting because the draft needs may not match the supply. What do you do if you're in the top ten? Boop, get out. Trade out. <laughs> all right, that's uh, NFL.com slash Bucky Brooks. You can find uh, Bucky's notebook each and every week, and then Buck, you're getting ready to uh, hop a bird here, right? When you yeah, just going, just going, just going across the water for a couple of weeks. I am leaving tomorrow, Friday, going to London, going to do some stuff over there with Sky Sports and play around. It should be good. You've already beat me over there, so you've kind of made it easy oh, for right. me. So I just kind of no. follow in your footsteps. No, I'm anxious. I think you're going to really like it. it. It's a great city, and this uh, this will not keep us. Uh, from being together on podcasts because that's the beautiful uh, thing about technology. We'll be on different time zones. I don't know if you're going to be in your pajamas or not, but we're going to we'll keep I'll try. We'll keep the I'll try. I try not to have my smoker jacket on. <laughs> yeah, you just get into character over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do you see it, man? People smoke in public. It's a trip. Uh, um, we haven't seen it in a while. Living out here. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with uh, more podcasts for you next week. Bucky will be in London. Uh, but we will still be together via the wonders of uh, of Skype and Comrex. Uh, we'll still keep this thing going. All right, nice job, Kent. Nice job, Cam. Uh, we'll see you guys next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.